It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? We're creeping closer and closer to the weekend. Yes, we are. Have you got plans for uh, this coming weekend? Anything going on? Are you going anywhere? Are you hanging around the you, house? Kick up your you feet? Know, well, I don't know. I could be around the house, but uh, the plans are to uh, tomorrow when we do our show. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm supposedly going to hit the road. The only thing that oh, can yes. slow me down is that, uh, you know, I have this other thing that I do too, and I record those in advance. You're a busy man. You're a busy man. Lots I'm to do. I'm a busy <laughs> man, yes, I am. But the server in Colorado is not updated. Oh, uh, yes. Which means I can't do that stuff unless what I'm What you need take- is a Hillary Clinton server, something that's reliable. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, because, and it, you know, if it's not, you can take a. A ball peen hammer. That's to it. true. Or you yeah. can uh, bleach bit it. Oh yeah. Did you hear what uh, Biden did yesterday? I not only heard it, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's play a little bit from the press conference yesterday. Jeez. This is Joe. He just announced that he's uh, going to give uh, student loan forgiveness. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice, none, zero, not one single bit. Thank you. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses and see why these guys get them all attached to Is that fair? What do you think? What about people who paid their loans? That was a two for friends. That was a two for he. First, he said he had no advance notice. Which yes. is a lie. Yes. Mar-a-Lago. No, I had no advance notice, but we got memos. There are memos out there that they just found. The mm-hmm. administration's been working on this for months. Yeah, okay. John Solomon talked about that on the Steve Bannon show, and yes. apparently what he was doing is he was going, you know, every president before has taken documents, declassified them, but we have the media, you know, they didn't. that's not in the memo, but we can sit there and do this, and we play this little game, and then... When we do all this, we can come back and take away his uh, his privileges as president, a former president, and we can probably get this guy set up on treason. Now, can you explain to me this? He, probably not, but... He was president, Trump was president, when he declassified those materials, right? Yes. So how can Biden's administration, the next administration, take away his executive privilege... While Trump was president. Well, how can Hillary have destroyed all those top secret documents that damned her in a computer that she took out of Uh that should have never, ever, that's even by every expert, was more criminal than anything they've ever accused Trump of. And she got away with it. And she made up the lie about the Russian collusion. That was a lie. It was proven. She admitted guilt to it. And the worst thing she got was... A $1,500 fine. What? So what you're saying is, in answer to my question, is you haven't got a clue. What I'm saying <laughs> is the there's a party now that feels that they are the anointed ones. Uh-huh. Okay. And, the, you know, think about it now. They're the anointed ones. They What they say goes, whatever they, whatever they throw out there, that's law, that's fact. Even when Trump won the the election the first time, mm-hmm. all of a sudden their slogan was, "Hey, we're Democrats. We can't put up with this. 
occupy Democrats. Get every damn Republican out of there. So let's say you are uh, you're president of the United States. It's okay for you to go back if you didn't like something that another president did, especially a previous president, and you can take away his executive privilege, the privilege that he used while he was president. That's You can retroactively remove a previous president's executive privilege. Right now, apparently that's never been law, but Joe Biden, you got to realize Trump is not an attorney. We've got a snake pit yeah, of but attorneys. He's got, he's got a lot of <laughs> yeah, more but, attorneys than you can ever imagine. But you know, you've got the you've got a serpent that controls the government, and that serpent is not going to let any other anybody else dictate. Yeah, uh, it's not legal, but apparently they're going to impose it, and the media is going to sell it to the I public. I don't see how it's going to work. I just don't see. If that were the case, then executive privilege is useless for any president. It's it's ridiculous. Let's Down especially road, yeah. especially a president of an opposing party. Let's say a, a Democrat is president and he does something using executive privilege, and a Republican president follows him. If this were to stand, he can just turn around and say uh, that president didn't have the right to do that because I I'm removing his executive privilege doesn't make any sense well then how far does the executive privilege go for a standing president if he can remove a past president's executive privilege what else can he exercise control can he remove an exec an executive order well from a previous president i guess i guess he can do that now right yeah, he can do that i don't know that i always agree with although if whoever replaces biden if it's a conservative fellow, right? I would say you must do it. But can you, can a president remove an election using his privileged powers? Going now, that's what you're legit. saying. You're saying that's an interesting question. You're saying can a president, for example, could Trump have said hypothetically? This is all hypothetical now. Could he have said after the November elections of 2020, uh, they were illegal? And I'm a, I'm putting an executive order together as president of the United States that that election was fraudulent and it doesn't stand. We're going to have to do another one. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I would say under Biden's uh, under the rhetoric from Biden and the way he's going, that is the question. You know, wow. could Trump have done that? Wow, that is, that is an interesting uh, interesting theory, and uh, that could be. You know, we're laughing right now because it sounds so ridiculous. It's but, ridiculous. But yeah, you know that in November, what's to stop Biden from saying that there was a fraudulent election and right. we're going to do a redo? We're going to do a redo. because In six the, months. In <laughs> you know. six months yeah. because, because we got to give time for the things that I've done that are a gamble, like the student debt oh. forgiveness. Oh, I got to tell you. This student loan thing is one of the most unfair things that he has done. First of all, last week we just had the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually increases inflation, but we just signed that into order, and that's law now. And then he does this, and they're saying it's going to cost $300 billion, but that's really not the figure. They're saying double that, $600 billion at least. Well, how many work. trillions? They say they've reduced the debt, but it's gone up by trillions. So 
And they they admit, well, you know, this could be a big boom, that this is how they're going to get the youth vote. You know, we'll just wipe out your debt. It's all gone. No worries. <laughs> and that's not fair to other hardworking people that had, had that debt, same debt, and they paid it off. But here they go. So let's say, let's take that socialistic little trail there that they're doing. And they're they're trying to buy votes. They're hoping that the tide turns in their favor. Yeah. Although Republicans will, like we are, doing the rhetoric right now of saying this is not right. It's not fair. Wait a minute. Other people have paid for it. Why don't you? How would you like to be a student who paid off their loan? I'd be pissed. Last month. You've, I'd be you, pissed. You've been working three jobs or two jobs or whatever. You finally paid off your student loan. You're done. You have a party. You celebrate. I'm free of those shackles. And this guy comes along and says, I'm going to pay, and it varies, between ten and $20,000 uh, of student loans. First of all, well, here. first of all, by the way, ten or twenty thousand dollars is a fraction of the loans. You know that. I mean, if yeah. it, it it costs, I have uh, two grandchildren going to state schools, and each right. one of them are going to a good state school, costing their parents about. I say their parents. It's costing them and their parents because they have student loans. About thirty-five, thirty-six thousand dollars a year for each student. So if you pay ten grand of that off, you, they still have twenty-five thousand dollars, roughly, you know, of loans e each year that they have. I'm saying that if they got a ten thousand dollar discount every year from the government, they're still going to be paying twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Well, let's be straight on what this uh, student loan forgiveness, debt forgiveness is. Mm -hmm. It is not a student loan debt forgiveness. It's a redistribution of the debt to the people that don't owe it. Very good. You know who's going to pay? You know who's going to? Plumbers. <laughs> yeah, you're plumbers, laughing, but it's true. Plumbers, electricians, mechanics, steel trade workers. people that yep, have a trade. They're going to be paying those student loans. They are yeah. going to be paying the loans. So the people who are getting the the the, the discount, the favor, mm -hmm. they're they're happy. But the people who are getting shafted are the everyday worker. The the guys who said, "No, nah, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go get a trade and and I'll work my way up in in the industry." And you know, they pay pretty well some of these trade jobs. So mm -hmm. as opposed to as opposed to you get a master's degree in German literature. Or something like that, you know, or you get a bachelor's degree in communications and you enter the workforce and all of a sudden you find yourself working at the window at McDonald's and you're wondering, mm -hmm. wait a second, I could have done this out of high school. You, yeah. I just wasted, I just tied up $100,000 worth of debt. By the way, I think that the people who really benefit from this are the, the loan institutions, the banks. Yeah. No one's talking get, about this, but they're getting some of their money back, you know? Guaranteed back. So let's let, let's take that liberal thing a little bit further. I mean, obviously, they're buying votes. And let's take that $20,000 threshold, is it? Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? The American Debt Forgiveness Act, where they will take $20,000 and cancel whatever your debts are, evenly distributed or whether, whatever, of every consumer out there, whether it be on their mortgage, their credit cards, or whatever, just pay off that debt. Well, hell, let's just take it a step further. Let's reset the clock 
and I mean, we're willy nilly with the money. Yeah. It's just every American citizen yeah. cancel all of their debt. And since we're doing it in a midterm election year, if you don't have any debt right now, wait a second, you have now, three it, months to go it. get more debt. No, that the, the problem with that is that's fair. Okay. That's fair. And, and who are you? You know, you're not paying back a political, a political debt here. You're, you're being too, too fair, too broad with your uh, distribution. Because think about it. If they wanted to truly be fair, like you said, they could, they, for people who lost their jobs during the pandemic could get uh, a, a forgiveness of debt as opposed to college kids. But think about it. The government pays off every debt out there. That takes all, that takes all the money uh, that's owed to the banks, clears their ledger sheets there, clears everybody's ledger sheet. We all start over fresh again, even you and I, the voter. And, you know, if you're, if you're trying to buy votes, buy the damn votes across the board. But the thing because is, no matter what, we're going to have to pay for this anyway. The average age of the people they're, quote, helping is a younger demo. So they're mm-hmm. thinking that they're appealing to future voters. These are future voters. You know, you and I, the senior citizens of the world, right? Well, you know, the, uh, the best part of our, my road is behind me. But for these young people that they're forgiving the debt, they're hoping they can, they can lasso them into the Democratic Party because of their generosity. Because we're the party that cares about you. Well, why don't we rebrand? the Democratic Party. I mean, they've been rebranding the Republican Party. And I I believe that the Democratic Party is not the party that everyone believes it is. And I think some of the younger people that are getting into the party actually uh, know what the party is and probably are behind the scenes saying, you know, we're really a socialistic party because well, everything is ours. It's free. There's a young lady in Brooklyn. Okay. She, she ran for the state Senate in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, her name is, uh, is Kristen Gonzalez. She's, okay. a, she's a, quote, Democrat. Listen very carefully. She, this is at her uh, victory party uh, to her constituents who are giddily applauding what she says here. Listen. Did you hear that? That and the crowd went wild and wait, because she is a quote Democrat. Yeah, she's a Democrat. But see, the AOCs, the Bernie Sanders, and I believe Elizabeth Warren. She's really a socialist too. She just mm-hmm. oh absolutely she can't, she can't she can't come to terms with it. But up in Massachusetts, oh that, she is uh, absolutely that, a socialist. A, yeah. You know what? And they've said, and Bernie was very honest about it, and so was uh, AOC. Well, there is no socialistic party. You really can't get it going. So all we have to do is take over a party. Which is what they did. Exactly right. You know, Joe is acting more socialistic than Bernie. I mean, Bernie would have been less of a socialist had he been elected president. I know that's hard to believe, but Joe has decided... I'm going to jump the shark and I'm going to go all the way. He's acting he's acting like no other president in our history has ever acted. I want to play for you uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. By the way, you know Joe was on vacation for the last, I don't know, 
Well, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a week about uh, yeah. before since he was on vacation. Oh, he's been on vacation for like three weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, like his old president, Car- yeah. Carmela was on vacation. Yeah, in, in Hawaii, she's still on vacation, I believe. And Corinne Jean Pierre was missing in action for a couple of weeks. Only thing is, the press didn't notice it because she had nothing to say in the first place. Well, she had a press conference yesterday, and Peter Ducey asked, uh, "Who's going to pay for this thing?" Listen. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cause, it might not cause. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the 1.7 trillion uh, deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something just, for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the, the $4 billion that are going to going to go back uh, into as, as revenue back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying paying right their college tuition that matters as well so we are doing this in a smart way we're doing this in a way that's going to be effective uh, we're doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room who needs to bring the room I just I just laid out I just laid out for you no Peter I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this well, matters again I just laid out I just I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy because of the American Rescue Plan uh, because of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by 1.7 trillion dollars unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit two trillion dollars and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for, they did not actually put in a process or thought th- think about how we're going to do this in a smart way. This is not how this administration is doing it. Again, we are happy to continue to have this conversation. But I- Two minutes of my life that I'll never get back again. Uh, Unbelievable. You know, Truly wow. one of the dumbest answers. You know, he asked a very simple question. Who is going to pay for this forgiveness? Well, they made smart decisions and, uh, you know, look at the Republicans and they uh, added debt to it and they didn't have any smart decisions and answers to this. What the so hell therefore are you we about? are being smart with our decision. <laughs> yeah. Can I, you know what? Now I have, I want to say something right now, but if I do, it could be an edit point in the show. So I don't even know. No, if go I ahead. I, listen, I'm very good with the razor blade. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> and one of my friends out there that might be, you know, on the fence there, just take her aside and shake some sense into this this little girl because she hasn't a clue as to anything, but she is she is traipsing around in a nice little full circle there. I think bring... she is one of the, and I say this with all, all, the ki- all the kindness and respect in the world, she is one of the dumbest boxes of rocks I've ever seen in my life. She she didn't even spin it well. It no. was it was like, 
Look at me, I'm confused. Watch me, I'm confused. That's what she did. Uh, her answer was, it wasn't even a good non-answer. It was a bad non-answer. Uh, she said, you know, they need to they need to set her down and come up with an answer for that. Who's going to pay for this? They got to come up with the answer mm -hmm. that has truth in it. Who's going to pay for it? And again, it's like the student forgiveness, debt forgiveness thing. It is not a forgiveness of debt. It's a redistribution of that debt to someone else who doesn't really owe it. And that would be you and me. Yeah, so, you know, Ducey said, when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. Who is paying for this? And it's a good question. And she looked like, you know, she looked like the proverbial deer in headlights. If you saw the video, it was like, why? Who's paying for this? You know, <laughs> is there anyone else here on the stage that can answer that question? She, uh, well, you know what? One Reagan once said that the uh, that the uh, the American dollar is backed up by the might of the government. If that is so, mm -hmm. uh, I guess you know when you think about it, we could, if we wanted to, say, you know what? Enough of this debt stuff and everything else. Let's reset the clock. Let's take all that debt, wipe the ledgers. It's clean. It's clear. Nobody owes anybody anything. We start from scratch, brand new again, you know, which is what I said earlier. I don't sit there and believe that's the right thing. But if you're going to be forgiving stuff, then let's really just wipe it all clean and forgive it all and start again. I just don't know how they can do this. It was almost as if they, they sat in a room and said, we got to give some student loan forgiveness because we promised it uh, in the campaign. And, uh, how, and someone probably said, well, uh, Mr. President, how are we going to pay for this? Uh, damned if I know, but, but let's give him some student loan uh, forgiveness anyway. What the heck? You know, yeah. the other thing that someone said this morning, and it's true, a federal judge may come along and say, you can't do this, it's illegal, and he may stop the whole thing. Well, I hope that federal judge is sharpening up his pencil right now and getting ready to make that speech because yep. – that would be, uh, the timing would be perfect. Although then they would use that and they probably know this. Think about it now. Well, we were on track to forgive all these student debts and these nasty old right leaning. What, what's the word that they Trumpers. Yes. Got in mega, the way. Mega people. These mega people yes. got in the way and took away your debt forgiveness. Yes. And you and know, you gotta remember be, that in the be, polls. It will be a Republican judge that does it. Mm -hmm. And but you got to wonder whether they're hoping for this. You got to wonder whether what they're they're hoping that it's going to be it's it's such an outlandish thing to be doing right now that any judge in his right mind is going to say, "Whoa, flag on the play. That's illegal. You can't do that. Close the door. It's it's a wrap." And uh, <laughs> and then, then they they got they oh, got a they got a talking point, and yep. that's that's what it's all about. There it is. We just I mean, we were the question. we were giving it. We were giving you all a big tax break, a big uh, rebate on your uh, student loans, and uh, that mean, evil Trumpster judge did a nasty. Anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this occupied develops. Democrat. There is that line again. That's what I wish say. we had a president in office. I I feel like we have uh, a criminal running the white house right now. I, I, that's terror. I don't believe this guy has our best interest at, at heart. I well, think he's out. He's doing every, he's killing us in the border. The you guy, know, you're not, you're not seeing this in the news, but apparently Jeff Dunham is mad. He wants his dummy back. Uh, <laughs> sure. Joe, 
<laughs> we don't have a president. <laughs> you hear what Steve Bannon said about Merrick Garland? I got to play this cut for you. Listen to this. Sure. Uh, this John Solomon, that last segment, ladies and gentlemen, very, very, very important. John Solomon's article. Let's get it up from Just the News last night. And we're going to make sure you understand the timeline here. The Biden administration are scumbags. They're total illegitimate. They didn't win the presidential election. I don't care if the FBI, the Justice Department, YouTube app, I don't care who doesn't like me saying that. We have the receipts and we have the facts. And they act like a third world regime. Okay, they act like a banana republic. What they've done is they've lied about this, and this is why this thing of privilege on the archives turns out to be a massive issue, because behind the scenes, what they were doing was criminalizing this immediately. And, and Mike Davis is going to get in here. This is completely made up. You got the mainstream, you got New York Times running around, you got Kyle Cheney Polico running around. You guys have nothing, okay? You have nothing. Let me just make, repeat that again. You have nothing. The FBI is a Gestapo. The Just Part, Merrick Garland, you're going to go to prison, brother. We're going to be so relentless when we take power this year on your impeachment, but then after your impeachment to file criminal charges against you, you people are pure and entire scum. Okay, you have weaponized this from the beginning. You're trying to criminalize against Trump. The only way you know you can stop MAGA and stop the ascendant movement of MAGA is quite simply. You're going to try to use law for it. Well, it's not going to work. We're not going to tolerate it. Okay, that's it. We're going to massively win at the polls. Then we're going to impeach you guys. Then we're going to put you in prison. Okay, because you people are a disgrace. There you go. That's Steve Bannon. It's only Steve Bannon can say it. <laughs> he doesn't go to prison. He, uh, he doesn't pull any punches. As they would say in the movie business, the man cuts to the chase. Now, realistically, do you think that what he says holds, holds water? Absolutely. Right now you're seeing what we think are, are democratic wins. I There's think not many of them. I think they're exercises of, a frustration, if you know what I mean. They're desperate to get something, something, anything that can uh, change the course of what appears to be a red landslide in November. I mean, red landslide. Yeah. The the red victories are way up. Yeah. The red contributions are way up. Big time. The opinion of uh, conservatives and independents way up for Trump's favor on this Mar-a-Lago ordeal, we're not being swayed. Democrats, uh, some of the blue, if you believe the numbers, are being swayed massively, but they were true lefties, and we've already established that there is a big left-wing establishment in the blue, and the question mm. is going to be, how strong is it? How much can they really... Are they strong enough to uh, sell the steel this time around and, and do the steel again? Or have enough people been swayed over to be socialists to say, we're going to sit there and give up over 200 years of success and flush it down the toilet to a lifetime that's proven socialism does not work. As Every country that's gone socialist failed. As we speak, the border is being flooded by strangers. Many of them are terrorists. Many of them are, are criminals, and they're just coming across free as a bird. Got to read you this, this story here. Border agents in Southern California arrest what appears to be a smuggler, actually a group of smugglers, while a crowd on the Mexican side of the border cheered it on like it was a, a sporting event. 
Uh, this uh, this is amazing. But what happened is, right, they arrested, they got them. After mm-hmm. a struggle, the Border Patrol got these criminals. They locked them up into handcuffs. I guess there was a, a, a scuffle. So. Makes sense. The FBI is investigating an incident captured in a viral video where Border Patrol agents appeared to physically take down an alleged smuggler in California. They're not investigating the smugglers, the FBI. No, they're investigating the Border Patrol. By the way, this is Joe Biden's FBI. They're getting their orders, their marching orders from on high. Everything that these FBI agents locally are doing, they're getting, they're getting these orders sent down from the heads, the leaders of the uh, FBI in D.C., and, and it's a shame because it, it's making them look bad, but they have to do what they have to do. I hate to use this analogy, but it's true. If you were an underling in the SS, right, or whatever, if you, if you were just following orders, many times when there were arrests at the end of the war, you still got in trouble. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It wasn't just the guys who issued the orders from on high. If the guy who was the, uh, uh, you know, the Obenfuhrer or whatever said, uh, I want those people shot. He didn't pull the trigger. He had some flunky down below who was just taking orders, pull the trigger. Well, maybe the flunky thought he was doing the right thing because he was just following order, but he still ended up being punished for it. And I think that's what's going to happen in this situation. I think that a lot of FBI agents who are just following orders are following corrupt orders. And eventually, when there is a uh, justice again, when they really have uh, people in office who are doing the right thing, I think they're going to suffer. I don't think that they'll be able to say, well, I was just following orders from uh, my boss in in D.C. Well, wait a second. He had you arrest uh, uh, and, and punish these good people. These good people ended up losing their jobs and their families suffered because of your actions locally because you were following orders from some guy in DC. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I think there's, I think there is a, there is a chain of command. Well, you know, you go back to Germany and the war trial uh, trials. I was just following orders. At what point in time do you as a person sit there and go, this is not right. I can't do this. Uh, you got to stand up against, uh, not against, but just say, I can't do this. I'm sorry. You're a conscientious, uh, you're just an objector. You cannot right. do this because it doesn't fall into your moral beliefs. Uh, just because Joe Biden says, go do it. Well, and I tell you, he's an evil man. The, the, all that guy, beside the point. How do you say he's not an evil man? I mean, he looks like oh, he, he's a doddering guy who has a problem talking in front of people and he stutters and stammers and gets lost in thought and things like that. Oh, you know, you want to give him forgiveness, but then he turns around and he screws the hell out of you. He screws the hell out of your country. You know, I mean, this doddering old guy who has a little bit of problem, he's he's doing things that benefit our enemy like China, and he's punishing the good middle-class people of our country. You're getting screwed at the gas pump. You're going you're gonna to be nailed when the winter comes around and you start paying fuel bills for, you know, gas home heating bills, those things are going to tear you apart because it's affecting the whole, the whole system, the whole, you know, and I'm not just talking about the supply of like, uh, 
uh, home heating oil or stuff like that. There's there's trucks involved with moving that. Those trucks use fuel, and the, the fuel for those trucks have gone up. Everything across the board is going up. It's affecting all of us, and Biden doesn't give a rat's patootie. And you can fill in the blank. Well, I yeah, you can. Uh, I, I'm wondering, would people feel different about Biden when he says something controversial? If, if he did start stuttering and having that senior moment, if that was a totally gone and he spoke clearly and concisely, you'd probably think he's more of an evil person on the court, oh, yeah. wouldn't you? If you go back and look at Biden in his early years, well, you know, I had a stuttering problem. I all this and that, but yet you go back to the old days, the young yeah. Biden, he didn't stutter. He didn't stammer. He told everything very fast, very articulately, boom, 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 shotgun, even his lies. And he still lies to this day. Oh. He carries it forward. So I'm wondering out loud, maybe he is not uh, senile as he portrays. Maybe that is a way to sit there, get a little bit of that sympathy going To confuse the issue. And confuse everything in the yeah. issue. And and that's why his, uh, his doctor is going, no, he's of sound mind and body. Right. Well, then he's a damn liar, isn't he? Yeah. He's a he's yeah. a he's a con, and he's do he's playing the he's playing you know, his one last ultimate role. They ran a montage yesterday in one of the shows I was watching of his stories from his dad. You know everything he has when he's doing a speech. You know, my dad and I were sitting around the kitchen table back in 1965, and. You know, I'll never forget my dad said to me, you know, son, you have to know what you got to know. You know, you have to know what you have to know. I mean, he always talked about his dad like he was some profound thinker. And I would be willing to bet you that 99 and 4,400 percent of what he says is uh, a made up Bull lie. Crap. Yeah. Just a made up lie. His, you know, his father probably never said this stuff. And when, and when Joe, a tell for Joe is when he says no lie, when Joe says no lie, that is I'm lying. I want mm -hmm. you to, every time he says, no, no lie, no lie. God's truth. No lie. Those are signals that he's lying to you. Uh, and, and, and I'm here to tell you, he doesn't believe in God either. So God's truth is. He oh, no, no, he'll tell you he's he'll tell you he's a practicing Roman Catholic. Then and he I, wouldn't do half the stuff that he's done. I take personal affront to that because I am. I go to I, I go to mass. I I've been taught certain things in this faith that, that I follow, right? Bill, mm -hmm. That you're they're supposed to be rock solid. They're supposed to be rock solid. You're not supposed to be able to fudge them, but Biden fudges all of them. Uh, for example, the, the church has a has a belief about abortion, yes, and it's, they do. it's supposed to be rock solid. Nah, not for Joe, not for Nancy. No, 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 no. And and you know the guy that they have in Rome right now, this pope that they have in Rome, he's yes. not. He, he's a politician. He is a he's an an Argentinian socialistic Jesuit politician. He's not what he purports to be, and and that's to be a truly holy. A uh, man who follows the tenets of his faith, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, well, you know, it, it makes me think of something kind of off, but yet it connects. And, and that is that I saw a thing, uh, a new attack now on Christians in the church. 
Uh-huh. And it's coming from the LGBTQ community. They're saying, you know, the church doesn't want women to wear pants. Why? That's, yeah, look it up. Oh. It's their LGBTQ says that the church doesn't want women to wear pants. And I'm like going, really? You're going to take it to that level? I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I'm an older gentleman. I went to church as a young kid and as an older person. And I can remember back to as far as I can remember when I was a kid going to church, there were women that, yes, wore dresses, and there were women that wore pantsuits. So where in the heck did you come up with that one? Well, but they're selling it, and it's making What if I told news? you there was a fracture in the gay community? There is, a, there is a fracture in the gay community. The LGBTQ plus community? Yeah. There's a group called Gays Against Groomers. Did you ever hear about them? No. So now it's LGBTQ no, no. minus. Gay. <laughs> That's true. Gays, <laughs> gays Against Groomers. They came out a, a while ago. They are people who are uh, they're, they're, uh, homosexual, but they believe that uh, children shouldn't be groomed, that children shouldn't be a target of pedophiles, things like that. Uh, you know, I agree uh, with him. And, and, I agree with him. But here's what happened. They were knocked off Twitter. The gays against groomers, right? Boom, you're gone because you went against the storyline of Twitter. These are people who normally would be embraced by the people at Twitter because, well, you, obviously you follow you follow what we're, you know, our tenants are, what we believe, but not, not the case here. These people, they are basically, what they're saying is that there are rules in society that must be followed for an orderly society, for a, for a, a good society. You know, they, they, they're, not making, they're not making an excuse for being gay, mind you. That, that they believe that they have a right to be, and so be it. A lot of people who are heterosexual and people on the right feel the same way. If you're gay, that's your business. Just go about your life. Don't make that the focus of your life. Just make it part of your life. Just live your life. You know what? That's my creed. Live your life. Do I have to agree with how you live your life? No. If it doesn't hurt anybody, no, I don't have to agree And you know, I don't have to know. That's right. You don't have to flaunt it in front of me. Yeah. You know, and they'll say, well, you know, you're holding hands with your wife or your girlfriend. That's flaunting your heterosexuality. Well, okay. But when you hold hands with your girlfriend or your boyfriend of the same sex. Right. You're flaunting yours too. I'm not. Uh, and that, I'm look, not even talking about I that. Don't, I don't even. If you want to do that, fine. You want to hold hands with uh, your your boyfriend or girlfriend, that's fine. That's that's your business. If it makes you happy, great. But don't start cultivating our children. Don't start going into the classroom and start, you know, sowing the seed of dis, of sexual discontent uh, in a place where they're supposed to be be uh, learning reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know? They're supposed to be learning how to think. They have drag queens going into classrooms in costume, and they flaunt it, and it's supposed to be uh, accepted. And I think back, if that ever happened when I was in elementary school, the guy would be in handcuffs and in a squad car. If he entered the property dressed in drag, that he'd be uh, carted away. And I think that's wrong that schools, 
embrace this. Well, they do, and it's sad. But, you know, I think I mentioned earlier the uh, the uh, LGBTQ teacher that's in Utah. Did mm-hmm. I mention that? No. Okay, yeah, there's a teacher that uh, it's viral. It's, it's, it's in the New York Post and all of that. But what happened was this teacher taught predominantly, uh, obviously, she's gay, and, and you can tell by looking, but that uh-huh. doesn't matter. That's here nor there. Good teachers, good teachers, as long as you don't try to persuade people to go different directions. Right. But she taught predominantly in more uh, ethnic areas, okay? And that's fine, too. Now, she is white. Make no mistake about it. She's white. But she got hired in Utah and uh, to a school there that is predominantly white, okay? Yeah. You all have that. You have things that divide up in in this day and age. So... She did a video going, I wonder how the white parents would feel if they came into my predominantly white classroom and found out it's anything but white. It caters to nothing white, but it's all black. Well, there was outrage from that video because that should have never been made. It should have never been made an issue, but she did. And then she took it down. She goes, oh, I apologize. I made a mistake. Yeah, you made yeah, a mistake you did make a mistake. you got caught. Yeah, you should be fired and fired right now on the spot. But, you know, Bill, before you, you go get to, what you vote for. Be, before you, you go any further, we should point out that we're not saying that the classroom shouldn't be representative of blacks. Of course, that's not what we're saying here. What we're no, saying, not at all. It should represent everybody. everybody. There should be balance in a classroom. You know, yeah, it, it, and that's the problem. These people, they're not balanced. They are one or the other. They're X or Y. Look at the commercials right now on TV. Madison Avenue's answer to the social issues in our country is to mm-hmm. overreact. For the longest time, the principals in TV commercials were white, and that was probably wrong. But it was also a sign of the times. It reflected our society and our thinking then. Now, everyone is woke. Every business is woke. And they've completely turned it upside down. I mean, it is now 100% minority casting. And the commercials don't make sense because of this. Because Uh, it's forced, it's contrived. It is. Just let things flow naturally. And you know what? When you do a casting call, do a casting call. Whoever... Whoever is the best actor wins. So if it's you're casting a couple, if it's a white woman, a black woman, but she's the best actor right. or actress, give it to them. If the men come forward, same way. Don't base it on the race. Base it on the acting. That's it. And I'm going to be cool with that because I think naturally you get balanced. Now, if you get people, it's slanted because somebody happens to be more into it. And instead of going through the motions, well... But Hollywood, Hollywood and Madison Avenue don't know balance. They do not know balance. Their answer is c- to completely overreact. You and, know, kids, when, when you're a kid, you know, you can be in an all-white school and there's one Asian or black child there, but usually the kids at a certain age they don't see color. They don't. They don't see color until they're taught to see hey, color, and there's a difference. And put, when they're taught that, yes, oh. you put you put uh, uh, kids together in elementary school, first, second grade, like you said, 
completely colorblind. Yeah. They don't see any color at all. It's it's my friend, my friend. You know, if they go, they'll go hug. Little guys will go hug each other. Many liberals who think they're doing themselves a favor, in many cases, are the people who are making race an issue. They are mm -hmm. the people who are being racist. It's reverse racism in many cases, but they're being right. racist. The left has made yeah. race an issue, and, and that has it permeates in every in, in so many different things. It permeates our schools. It, you know, all of a sudden now we have we have to have, like you said, that teacher putting up uh, things that were racial in her classroom instead of putting up posters of uh, maybe George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. You know, she was she was making race the the predominant issue in a classroom. And she was and that's wrong. It. Now, if you want to acknowledge uh, a race, well, then acknowledge every race. I mean, put all the flags up and maybe the one person that is the symbol of that nation or two people. And that's it. So the kids get a, a thorough understanding and they don't feel like they're targeted out or targeted in. Right. It's and, and that's probably the proper way to say it. But if I were a, a CEO of a company and I say, hey, we got to advertise, we got to get our product out there, I would probably sit there and say, when they go, well, what do you want to do? We want to hire these people and this people. I'd say, don't hire any actors. I don't want any actors at all. I want you to do this visually without color distinction and sell the product, the logo, and maybe sell some positive things, but do it visually without people and do it with good words. Have a really well-written written script, and then it doesn't matter what nationality you are, as long as you can read well, that Well, you know, we talked about last week, the Air Force now is talking about uh, hiring more minority pilots. And, That's wrong. And white uh, pilots need not apply. We're talking about in England, uh, it's not uh, something they're thinking about, it's something they've actually put into place, and uh, white pilots are going to be... Uh, it's uh, wrong. Relegated to the dustbin in the RAF, apparently. And you're right. It is, it is wrong. But this is the thinking of our society. And what does it do? When you talk about race and make it an issue, you divide people. You know, you cause people to think differently about each other. Well, how do you There are people, something? I guarantee you, by the way, there are people who will listen to this podcast just because we're talking about it and think we're being racist and we're not being racist. If, oh, there are, yeah. if there are two least racist people on this planet, I would think it's you and me. Seriously. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, there's no joke here. But we're just pointing out something which is apparent to anybody who's paying attention, that the left has made race an issue. And, yeah, they have. And, and, and it's done so to divide us. And we shouldn't allow it to happen. You know, that we should say to heck with this nonsense. Race is not an issue. It wasn't an issue in the eighties, in the eighties and nineties. We were getting through all that stuff. We had had our race problems in the fifties and sixties, and we learned from it and we grew from it. And people were were starting to be a better society because of of what we learned. And now all of a sudden, uh, it's back in the forefront again, and and people are angry with each other. That's not right. That's conquer and divide. If you divide the people, you can conquer them and you can control them. And that's really, uh, that's actually probably an art of war thing when you really think about it. But, you know, that's all they're yep. doing. Yep. It, it, it is. It is a darn shame.
another thing I want to bring out today, Anthony Fauci, he is leaving. Uh, and he says that he has nothing, absolutely of course uh, not. Nothing to regret. He, I got two two clips of Anthony. So uh, this wasn't a way to avoid uh, Republican investigations if they take over the House and or the Senate. Oh, Neil, not at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, I have nothing to hide and I can defend everything I've done and every decision I've made. So I'm not afraid of that at all. That didn't even come in as a minor consideration. So even if they were to ask you, doctor, to testify as a private citizen now that you would be open to do so? Yeah, of course, Neil. I mean, but if you look at what's happened in the past, I believe that oversight is an important part of the government process. But some of the things that have gone on have been out, outright character assassination. That's not oversight. So if they want to get into legitimate, dignified oversight, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah, it's character assassination. Sure it is. Yeah. And then oversight. he went on to say, you know, he didn't lock anything down. No, listen. Do you regret particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some yeah. said made things worse. No, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down mm. temporarily mm. the country, I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. There are those who say you shut down your destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say, well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down. I mean, essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. You've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator. Oh, yes, you have to put Tony Fauci to music. You really do. Oh, jeez. You know, yes, little. He, this goes back. You know, everyone goes. Well, you know, they set Trump up. Yeah. Well, Fauci created. Everyone knows it was created in a lab in Wuhan. He funded it. He, sure you know, uh, yep. Fauci was behind this whole thing. The Democrats seized it as a way to uh, take the election. They did, and in 2020, I remember a news reporter, a lady, talking to Trump, saying, "Well, you're responsible for." 36,000 deaths last month. Well, number one, were they really COVID or were they the flu? And was this all BS? But then Fauci goes, well, you know, oversight, I can't be responsible for that. Do you understand what oversight means? Has anybody ever looked it up? An unintentional failure, failure to notice or do something. Well, it wasn't Trump that had the oversight. T Dr. Tony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Brooks use the Imperial College model 
to persuade President Trump to lock down the entire U.S. economy. Right. The, the fraudulent model predicted 2.2 million American deaths from the coronavirus pandemic, which didn't happen. The authors of the Imperial College model shared their findings with the White House Coronavirus Task Force in early March. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks then met with President Trump privately and urged him to shut down the U.S. economy and destroy the record Trump economy based on this fraudulent model. Uh, a later critique of the Imperial College model found the study to be completely unusable for scientific purposes. Uh, the Imperial College study was a complete sham. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks pushed a garbage model on the White House. And, you know, I, I remind people, no matter what you think of President Trump, he, he was not a doctor or a scientist. He relied on people like Burks and Fauci to give him straight answers, honest answers, and they didn't. Okay, that but, was the mistake of Trump. He yeah. he trusted in people. Yes, he did. Didn't didn't realize that not everybody smiling faces are not always who they pretend to be. Right. And what was that song by? Uh, uh, undisputed, undisputed truth. Yeah, smiling faces. Sometimes yeah. tell lie. They don't tell the truth. Can you dig it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this is this is proof here that you know Trump had a great thing going with uh, "Make America Great Again." MAGA, MAGA, yeah. MAGA, and it was working, 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 and things were going well. But the Democrats couldn't go with that. So there you are with Fauci and an admission that they said, okay. The Democrats are going to build back better. Well, the only way they can build back better is to break down badly. And they did. They found a way to tear down mm -hmm. what was good, take away your low gas prices, take away the economy, throw people out of work. Let's get them locked down at home. Let's steal one virus's deaths and put it over to this and yeah. make this a big pandemic. And then the next thing you know, uh, they 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 took the election, and I don't know that they took the election because if they would do all of that, and there's proof with him, they would still an election too to put the icing on the cake. I would say though that if you think that his second term, and I think that will be his second term, if you think his second term is going to be a, a duplicate of the first term, uh, I think you're going to be sorely mistaken. I think he's going to be a lot more cautious about the people he puts into uh, positions of authority. And I think he's going to go after some of the people who have been doing terrible things to our country. That's just my opinion. If you've got one term, one term to get a job done, you know, as the saying goes, I don't care who I'm going to tick off. Yeah. I'm going to do what I got to do. And there, right there, if you look back at how things were, the dollar eighty-seven a gallon gas, all the jobs and the economy peaked, and the highest it ever was ever before they went and started trying to tear it down. They did. This guy would have one year to bring back what he did and get rid. But the of scary the snakes thing, in the pit. The scary thing about what's going on with Biden is using that same philosophy. One, if I only have one term. At some point, Biden and his people may realize he's not going to get reelected. 
Oh, these, they're going to, yeah. yeah. So they're going to use this term as the term to do as much damage as they can to this country. I mean, they're doing it with the border right now. Well, they're doing it with the border. They did it with the Inflation Reduction Act. They're doing it with the, the school loan thing or the uh, loan debt. And uh, again, I think you're right on that. This could be, because I thought of that too, is that this is just, they're, they might be hoping that uh, a conservative judge goes, no, nope, that's illegal, can't do that, it's gone, and then we don't have to worry about it. But then they take it, and that's a, that's a badge of dishonor for the Republican Party right at the midterms. We talked about a lot of things today. We always do, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, hopefully you will tune in again. We ask that you tell your friends about us, will you? Do, do, do us a favor, because with a podcast, the best way to get the word out as to what we're doing is word of mouth. And that's people like you telling a, a friend, hey, uh, listen to this guy. These two guys are wacko. They do this every day, but uh, yeah, they're kind of fun to listen to. Uh, yeah, that night guy didn't know what he's talking about. But hey, but he know. says it with conviction. That's you know, right. I say it with conviction. Yeah, exactly. I and, do a lot of things with conviction. I'm sure you do. And someday you'll be convicted for doing them, too. Yeah, well, uh, yes. <laughs> they, they just haven't found me yet. We should, we should point out <laughs> that our phone number here is 833-583-6060. If you have a question, if you want to make a comment, we'd love to hear from you. 833-583-6060. You know, you can go to Facebook. We are there. So uh, look for It's Another Day, the group, and then join the group. And then you can share the group because and then you'll all be the a groupie. episodes. Yeah, you could be a groupie, or you could be the king groupie by sharing uh, with people and inviting your friends. That way, they can get all the shows. You can also go to mail at itsanotherday.com to go ahead and uh, send us comments there. Heck, I might even change or put an extra email in there called comments at it's another whatever's easier look at have yourself a wonderful day my friend with a little bit of luck we'll do it again tomorrow right here no luck to it we're gonna be here tomorrow mm -hmm.